Welcome to A New Creation. I'm Phyllis and thank you for joining me today. Every episode of A New Creation is commissioned by the Holy Spirit. It is new and it is from God. Our nation is in transition. We've had a recent attack on our seat of government at our nation's capital. New article of impeachment for the second time for then President Donald Trump. And we've had an inauguration of a new administration. We're at a crossroad in history. The question is, which path will we choose? And I thought about the scripture, which is found in Matthew chapter 7, and it's verses 13 through 14. And it's a new King James Version of the scripture, and it reads, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many that go in by it. Because now is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. That scripture came to mind because as we make decisions during this time that we're living in, when our nation is in transition, like I said before, that means we're in change. And it really is more, more of a transformation than a transition. Because when you transition or when you change, you can go back to that that you once did or you once were. But we, as a nation, cannot and will no, will no longer be as we were before, going back to the way we once were. And this is God's will for our nation. It is not at all anything to be concerned about or anxious about. It's something to be excited about because God is transforming us into that nation that he would have us to, to be. And that's what my prayer is, that we continue to evolve into the nation that he has called us to be. Now back to the scripture that I mentioned in Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 and 14. It said, enter by the narrow gate. And it goes on to say that wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many that go in by it. What it means by that is we enter into this particular gate. And what a gate is, a gate is a way of entrance. Either letting people in or letting people out. As a way that you enter something. So this scripture really is referring to how we decide to live our lives. Do we want to go to the wide way, the wide and broad gate that many people are following? That's the gate of rebellion, destruction, lawlessness. I can do what I want to do. I'm not concerned about other people. It's really living in the flesh. However your flesh, however your emotions lead you, that's the way you live. And the scripture says that many go in by that, by that way. That means many people choose that route to live. They, they choose to live the way that they want to live because they're making their own decisions and they don't want to be held accountable, nor do they want anyone to tell them what to do. Then he goes on to say, because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life and there are few who find it. For those who find the gate that the Lord Jesus would have us to follow, to follow him, his way, because he says in John 14, chapter 6, that I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So the gate that the Lord Jesus leads us to, very few people enter that way because they feel as if they're being restricted. They feel as if no one can tell them what they don't want to be told what to do. And if you follow the Lord Jesus, he said, if you love me, keep my commandments. 
So that's why it's difficult. It's difficult because it's difficult for us as human beings to decide that we want to submit ourselves to the Lord Jesus and not do the things that we find profitable for us or things that make us happy. So meditate on that scripture. Think about that. Which route will you take? Because we have to make a decision in this life. We're in the dawning of a new era. So when something is dawning, it's just coming, D-A-W-N-I-N-G, is when a new day comes, a new day is dawning. That's when you're just starting a new day. It goes from darkness to light. So we're in a new era. And in this era, it's a mighty move of God coming to our nation. And when I say that, I feel a lot like John the Baptist, what he declared. And I'm going to take a look at the scripture, Matthew chapter 3, verse 3. And it's the English standard version of the scripture. And it reads, for this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. I feel like one who's crying in the wilderness. When crying means you're just calling out, you're proclaiming. And what I'm proclaiming is that a mighty move of God is coming to our nation. It does not look like it at all right now because all the different factions, all the different directions that we're moving in and we have a new administration that's now about to take the ham to lead us also. So there are many things that we're uncertain about. But one thing that I can say to you with full assurance is that a mighty move of God is coming to our nation. And it's going to start here and it's going to move throughout all the earth. And it's going to be the harvesting of souls for the kingdom of God. So it's a very exciting time. God placed us here specifically during this time in history because he had an assignment for us. There are heightened activity in the spirit realm, and it's affecting the earth. I've said this in, in many, many other episodes of a new, Phyllis' A New Creation. I'll say it again because the Holy Spirit is prompting me to do so. There's a battle that is raging between two kingdoms. And the question is, which kingdom will rule? Will it be the kingdom of God? Or will it be the God of this world? Satan and his kingdom. And we must make a decision. People are choosing sides. It's very important to hear the Holy Spirit speak to your heart. He speaks into the heart of the people of God. And if you are not of the household of faith, if you don't have your faith in the Lord Jesus, if you position your heart open your heart for him to speak he will speak to your heart and when he speaks to your heart he's speaking to you drawing you the Holy Spirit is drawing you to the Lord Jesus Tuesday morning of this week the Holy Spirit spoke in my spirit and spoke in my heart as I slept and it was the scripture it was second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20 and it was the C clause of that scripture and what I heard the interesting thing is that he spoke to my spirit to my heart while I was asleep so I could hear the scripture and I heard it in my spirit first and it moved from my spirit to my ears and really inside of me and what it what it was the scripture like I said, it was Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, because I knew the scripture. I've studied the scripture for quite a few years, and I'm still studying it. 
and it reads, I'll read it to you because I wrote it down. Believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And when I spend time with the Lord and when the Lord through his spirit communicates to me, I sometimes write things down. And when I heard that scripture, there was something that I had written that the Lord had placed on my heart a few months ago. And it tied into this scripture that I just shared with you, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20. And it's the C clause of that scripture. What I wrote down was, this is what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, as my people, there is a heart of flesh that will receive my word and flourish. That's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me. When the Holy Spirit speaks something to your heart, speaks to you, meditate on it. Go back and spend time with him and say, God, please explain this to me because the Holy Spirit is God. As you know, God the Father, God the Son, God the, Son, God the Holy Spirit. So he is the spirit of God that takes things from our spirit to God. Sometimes the things that we cannot verbalize ourselves. And he, he explains to us, he makes known to us the deeper things of God. Because remember, God is a spirit. So he's speaking to your spirit, not to your emotions, not to your, to your soul, but to your spirit man. And so when he spoke that to me about having a heart of flesh, that means that he doesn't want people's heart to be hardened. Sometimes people have a hardened heart where they turn their back on God and the things of God. They don't want to hear anything that God has to say to them or anyone else. So they harden their heart and they reject God and the things of God. So he specifically said a heart of flesh that will receive my word and flourish. I read that. And then after the Holy Spirit had spoken to me about Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, when he said, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. I began to imagine, because sometimes when the Lord speaks to me, I, my imagination will kick in. I'll start to imagine things. And this is one of those times. I imagine the ascension of the Lord Jesus in all of his majesty as he was being honored after a victory. And as I was thinking about that, a scripture came to mind. God always speaks to me by his word through the scripture. And it was Psalm 24, and it was verses 7 through 10. And as I'm imagining the Lord Jesus ascending, it's like he was coming to his, his a majestic, a majestic uh, scene of him being walking, ascending up to heaven, really. And he's dressed in, 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 in a long robe in his majesty. And there are people around him worshiping him. And I was, I was in, in the group. And I heard this scripture, Psalm 24, 24, excuse me, Psalm 24, verses 7 through 10. And the scripture reads, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up your everlasting doors. Let me say that again. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. And then after that, it says, Selah, which means meditate on that. Pause. Today's episode of Phyllis is a New Creation is our God is still on his throne.
See, the Lord Jesus is very much in control of what's happening throughout the earth. And he's still reigning and ruling on his throne. I believe that I began to, to meditate on the scripture that I shared with you in Psalm 24 verses 7 through 10. Because the first part of that psalm speaks of who will ascend to the holy hill. And the only person who is worthy of ascending, ascending when you go up to the holy hill of God, is the Lord Jesus. And then it's like it, it switches to a popping circumstance, uh, a, a celebration of, of a king. And of course, Jesus is the king of kings and the lords of lords and the Lord of lords. And the reason why that's so important, because in the climate that we're in, in the time of transformation that our nation is in, we must stay focused of who is in control, focused on who is in control and who is on the, the throne. Now, that scripture that talks about gates. Now, ancient gates during the time of the Old Testament when, when that scripture was written, because remember David, he wrote Psalm 24. And it's as if he had a glimpse of the Lord Jesus ascending. He knew that it was God, but it was the Lord Jesus. In this scripture, when it talks about, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. Gates, during ancient time, was a place where people entered. What it did was gates allowed people to come in or it, it, it did not allow people to come in. You could either be brought in through the gate or they closed the gates and you're not entering, entering. Also with gates during ancient times, it was the time where people would gather in the gates. Usually people of authority, they would gather in the gates and they would make plans for that city or that town, like the magistrates, the people who were responsible for legislating in that town. So when it says, it's like a personification. What a personification is, is when you have an inanimate object and you make it like a person. You, you put it in, in a terminology where it can be a person that's acting this out. So when it says, lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. It's really speaking of people holding their head up, watching Jesus come into, go up. To God, come into his majesty, come in and be honored after his victory. Now, during this particular time, when, when David wrote this psalm, he was referring to his two, two, two different instances you could look at for what it was referring to. It was referring to when the Ark of the Covenant, which was the actual representation of God at that time, was being brought back to Jerusalem. And, 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 and what happened, the pomp and circumstance behind that, that was David bringing that in. But the other Meaning is the meaning that I'm sharing with you today. Us seeing the Lord Jesus ascending on his throne in the midst of, of what's happening to us here. Now, when it talks about the king of glory, glory in the Hebrew means kabod, K-A-B-O-D, and it means weighty, heavy, which means the Lord Jesus is the most powerful, magnificent, awesome, amazing, phenomenal king of all creation. And there is none greater. Hallelujah. It's interesting as I was thinking about our nation, thinking about the ascension of the Lord Jesus on the throne, not only of our nation and the nations of the world, but being on the throne of our lives. When we talked about making a decision of, of the gate that leads to life. The Lord Jesus is the one 
who has the preeminence and should have the preeminence in our lives because he's the only one that can make those crooked ways straight, as John the Baptist declared. As I was thinking about this, I thought about a quote by one of our founding fathers of this nation. His name is John Adams. And he wrote a letter to the Massachusetts militia on October 11, 1798, the officers. And what he said was, was very interesting. The quote I remembered, he said, our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. Very interesting he would say that. And this was back in 1798. Why did I think about that? Because I thought about that because as I looked and reflected on what God was showing me about his ascension being on the throne and the state of this nation and God's will for this nation, we have to go back to this nation's root and who we are and who God called us to be. With this founding father, John Adams, speaking that our constitution was made only for a more and religious people, think about what we see now when we see people charging the capital and attempting to take over the government. When we see all types of disorder in our nation, the violence, the crime, just people not being considerate to one another. So many things that are happening. But our foundation is for us to be a moral and upright people. Otherwise, the Constitution, which is our governing body for this nation, talking about God being on the throne, we are to pay attention and know what our roots are, our foundations, so that we won't forget them and so we won't be led astray. In this document, I actually looked up a document on this. I looked it up in this particular blog um, that I found and the blog talked about what our founding fathers wrote about this nation. He went on in this document to caution us against hypocrisy. He said, no law and no constitution could save an immoral people. I thought that was very profound and very prophetic. Why am I saying this? God is a God of order. God is a God of decency and order. And God wants us to be a people of, of morality. People who consider other people. People who live according to the word of God and how we are to treat one another and how we are to live our lives day to day. See, we must live in harmony with the divine purpose of God. We are to pull down the agenda of heaven down to earth, connect the two. And we can choose our behavior in spite of how we feel because God has given us a will. We have a will. We can choose how we act. We can choose the things that we react to and the things that we don't engage in. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 2, the Amplified Version of the Scripture, it reads, For indeed we have had good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites also, when the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them because it was not unified with faith in God by those who heard it. I've been mentioning in previous messages about 
the God kind of faith. And the scripture I usually mention is Mark eleven twenty two, when Jesus said, have faith in God when he's speaking to his disciples. And he meant, as I said before, have the God type of faith, the God kind of faith. And the God kind of faith comes from the inner man, comes from who you are on the inside. And it's the faith that God has. I'm going to share with you a term that expounds on this. Talking about God is still on his throne. There's a term called ex nihilo. And you spell it E-X-N-I-H-I-L-O. Ex nihilo. And it's a Latin term. And it means from nothing. And there's a word that usually that usually is, is applied to this. is called creation ex nihilo. And it means to create new things out of nothing. This is a characteristic that God has. And it's expressed in Genesis chapter 1 when it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was void and without form. And the Spirit of the Lord moved across the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. See, God created light. He created the world out of nothing. Why is that important to us? Because God wants us to know if we walk in the God type of faith, as Jesus expressed and have faith in God, when our faith is from the inner man, not based on what we can see on the outside or how we feel, then we can create things. God will use us to create something out of seemingly nothing. In Romans chapter 4 verse 17, God speaks about this. It reads, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He was speaking to, to Abraham, father of many nations. Remember, Abraham's word, name, his name was changed. And the word of the Lord God spoke to him is his name was going to be changed from Abram to Abraham. So that's why God says here, I have made you a father of many nations. That's what Abraham means. The name Abraham means father of many nations. And Abram meant exalted father. So God said, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believe. God who gives life to the dead and call those things that be not as though they were. Calling those things that do not exist as though they did exist. That is ex nihilo. Why am I saying this? God wants us to see by faith those things that are not seen in the natural. To be able to bring forth those things, those strategies, those witty inventions that he's going to give us that we first have to be able to see before they manifest themselves. Talking about the God who is still on the throne. Now as I share this message with you, if there's someone who God placed in your heart as I was speaking, share this message with them. Don't let this message just be something that you keep to yourself. God has placed me here on Phyllis is a New Creation each week to bring you his heart, the things that he's speaking about, the things that he wants us to share with others. And if there are those of you who are listening right now that don't have a relationship with this God, I'm sure he's tugging at your heart right now. So repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing me to see this another day. Allow me to hear this message that you are still on the throne. God, save me from my sins. I know that Jesus died for me and you raised him from the dead after three days. 
And God, I'm asking you to save me, Lord. I believe in the Lord Jesus. I believe in you. And thank you for loving me and saving me. Amen. Thank you for joining me today for a new creation. And remember, Phyllis is a new creation exists for you to know how to apply the word of God to your everyday life. Today's message, Our God is Still on the Throne, is delivered for you to pass this message along to others and know that God loves you and he wants you to know because he's still on the throne, you can have the God type's faith and live out each day his word. That's why we're here. Phyllis is a new creation can be found in Google Podcasts. Search for Phyllis's, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S apostrophe S, a new, A-N-E-W, creation, C-R-E-A-T-I-O-N. And I hope you will subscribe because you can get Phyllis's new creation each, each week in your inbox. I decree and declare that every soul that heard this message today will draw closer to the Lord Jesus and know that he is still on the throne and he desires to be on the throne of your heart. Amen and amen. Thank you. Have a wonderful day.